seated. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all here. My name is good to see those of you online. I can't see you, but hopefully you can see me. My name is Greg Vaccaro. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are uh, in the second week of a new series called Knowing God by Name. So you might say, well, wait a minute. What's his name? Like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus? Like, no, there's a lot more names for God than just those. Kevin preached last week about the I am. And one of his points was this, that it's, you know, it's, as the better we understand the God we serve, we walk in a revelation that his name matters, right? So, so the more we serve him, the more we understand this revelation of who he is, his name in our life matters. And we need to, you know, the, when we look today um, at what God has for us, another aspect of his name, I believe it's going to give us more power to step into something that we haven't known about God. And it's like, oh God, I can declare who you are. Like there's something amazing when we start to declare the name of God in, in all that he is. So this morning we're going to be looking at Jehovah Nisi, which means God is my banner. Now, Kevin shared with us last week the difference between Jehovah and Yahweh. Anybody remember what's the difference between Jehovah and Yahweh? Yeah, that's actually a trick question because there is no difference between Jehovah and Yahweh. They're both talking about God. So I was trying to fool you there, but no one, no one uh, picked, picked me up on that. Um, so here's the deal. In Hebrew, Yahweh was written just with the letters Y-H-W-H. And when they translated Hebrew to English, they said Yahweh. In some of the Roman transliterations, Yahweh, or Y-H-W-H, was J-H-V-H, and that got rendered as Jehovah. They're talking about the same person. It's just just a matter of, okay, is it Jehovah or is it Yahweh? Why why am I saving Jehovah Nisi and not Yahweh Nisi? I could just as easily say Yahweh Nisi. In fact, the Bible that I love to read from, New Living Translation, it says Yahweh Nisi. But you know what? I I grew up in my faith. I got saved in 1971. I was reading the King James because that's what we had back then. And it says Jehovah. So I've grown up saying Jehovah Nisi. It just felt too weird for me to title the message Yahweh Nisi. But if you want to say Yahweh, Jehovah, it doesn't matter. So let me start this morning by asking you a question. What are you praying about? What's front and center for you today? Maybe there's been something you've had on your heart for years. Maybe it's something recently, but I I want you to think about what are you going through right now? What's front and center? What are you praying about? Because this is what God has for us. There's something for us to step into, but you got to start with God. What am I dealing with and and have something in mind? All right. So I'm going to share something that's, that's on my heart. All right, a couple, couple weeks ago, Meg and I were able to take a trip, and we went to Rochester, New York, to visit my sister. Uh, I've got a twin sister. Her name is Gina. She lives out in Rochester. And some of you know this. I've shared it before. That about two years ago, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And the minute she told me that, I hardly could talk because I didn't want to break down on the phone with her. And she's like, surgeon scheduled surgery in a week. Like, we're going to do this, and, and God's going to be God. And she was full of faith, and I could hardly say a word. So I would like to tell you I prayed in faith. I didn't pray in faith. I sobbed in faith. <laughs> I just sobbed. I was like, God, like, how can this be happening? So a week later, she comes out of surgery. They took her entire pancreas. But the surgeon says, you're cancer-free. You're diabetic, but you're cancer-free. She lives a whole year, 
cancer-free, and then a year ago, cancer comes back. And it's like, you know, sometimes you have these things where you're praying about, you see God answer, and then you're like, really, God? Like, really? You healed her? You, you allowed her to be cancer-free, and now she's got it back? So she's been, since January, she's been going through chemo. And, and I know a lot of people that go through chemo. I've never heard of this kind of chemo. She would go on a Friday for the infusion, and then she'd take a pump home. And this thing would be pumping chemo into her all weekend long. And Sunday, a nurse comes and takes it out, and then she's just a dish rag. You know, she's just wasted for Sunday and Monday, but would go back to work Tuesday to Friday. She did this for nine months, and just recently, her doctor said, hey, these tumors have shrunk to the point you can get a rest from chemo. You don't need to be on chemo anymore. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Her journey's not over. She's not cancer-free. You know, but, but what is your wilderness? What are the things you're walking through, right? It could be cancer. It could be heartache over, over issues with a loved one. It could be your marriage. It could be your kids. So many different things. Our world is going through an upheaval, right? We keep, I keep watching what's happening in Ukraine, and I'm like, God, when is this going to end? I see the racial injustice. I see the polarized politics. It makes me sad. It makes me sick. Even the weather is going crazy. Like, what is happening right now? We've never seen some of the crazy weather. But I have an encouraging word I want to share with you about God as my banner. Can I do that? You ready for some encouragement? Yeah, let's look at this. Psalm 60, verses 3 and 4. This is David saying, God, you've been very hard on us, making us drink wine that sent us reeling. But you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rally, rallying point in the face of attack. There's something about calling on Jehovah Nisi, God is my banner. David saw it, and that's what he was saying. It's a rallying point. When the enemy's attacking us, you might think, I don't need a banner. I want a bunker. That's what I want when the enemy's attacking. But God said, no, I've given you a banner. He didn't give us a bunker. He gave us a banner. Why? Right, So there's something as we look at this concept of what it means to be a banner. I want to go back to Exodus, which is the first place we see Jehovah Nisi mentioned. Actually, that's where it is mentioned, is Exodus 17. So I want to give you a little bit of context, what's happening in Exodus 17. You know Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, right? You're familiar with that. He, he walked over the Red Sea, dry land. The, Israel, uh, the Egyptian army comes after them. Um, just as they're, you know, however many millions of people, the Israelites cross the Red Sea on dry land. The Egyptian army is all there in the sea running after them and the waters cover up and, and kill all the Egyptian army. They go three days into the wilderness and they find an oasis. Thank God we need water. Just one problem. The water's bitter, right? And the, the Israelites, they are complaining, Moses, why did you take us into the wilderness just so we die? Moses takes wood, puts it into, into the water, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, called Mara, bitter, but the water turns sweet. So they have another journey. They're starving to death. God, God provides them manna and quail. Then they find themselves journeying again, and they go to a place of Rephidim. Again, there's no water. The Israelites are ready to, like, string Moses up and hang him, right? What happens here is God tells Moses, take the staff I gave you. I want you to hit the rock. He hits the rock. Water comes out. Right in that moment, they were at Rephidim. There's warriors from this tribe called Amalek, 
right? If you remember, Amalek was the grandson of Esau. Remember Jacob and Esau? We talked about the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Esau was Jacob's brother. So they were fierce. I mean, Esau wasn't Jacob's brother. It was Adam and Esau, right? That's where Esau came from. But the the descendants of, of Esau, Amalek, they were a fierce nomadic tribe. They lived in this region. These guys made a living by raiding other people and just taking their plunder, right? So that was part of how they made their living. They killed for sport. It wasn't for principle. It's just like, oh, there's some people. Let's go after them. Let's kill them. So the Amalek army comes at Rephidim, and they're going to have a war with, with the Israelite army. I mean, think about it. The Israelites are an easy target, right? Where'd they come from? Did they come trained for war? No, they just, they've been slaves for the past however many years. I don't know if they've ever even held a sword. I don't know if they have swords. It said that, but, but they won the battle, right? So this is what we're going to read in Exodus 17, starting in verse 8, although the slide only has 9. So, so let me read it to you here. So... Um, what happens here is, is uh, they, they go out uh, and Moses says to Joshua, choose men for us to go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I'll station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And Joshua did just as Moses told him and he fought against Amalek. And Moses and Hur went to the top of the hill. This is going to be a, a slaughter. Right? We've got the untrained Israelites, never probably fought a war in their life, right? They were, they've been slaves. They're going against trained mercenaries, and they're going to have this battle. And if I were Joshua, I'd be like, no thanks, Moses. I'm not doing it, right? But Joshua, like, he, he takes the men, and, and they're going to be faithful. They're going to go out and do this. And where's Moses going to go? He's going to go up uh, to the box seats, right? Why does Moses have to go on to the top of the hill? What's going on here? There's, there's something that's going to happen that's amazing, but it starts with Moses and Joshua both being obedient to the Lord, right? Joshua had a choice. He could have said, why me, Moses? Like, why us? Let's hightail it and run. But they don't. So it comes about when Moses would, held his, would hold his hands up that Israel would prevail in the fight. And when he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. Hold his hands up, Israel's prevailing. Puts his hands down and gets too tired, Amalek starts prevailing. So this is what happens. When Moses' hands were heavy, they took, uh, they took a stone and put it under him and sat him on it. And Aaron and Hur supports his hands, one on one side, one on the other. Like, just get a picture of this. They're each holding one of his arms up like, Moses, keep praying. Keep praying, Moses. Don't stop praying because whenever you're praying, they're winning. Whenever you stop praying because you're tired, like, you can't give up, Moses. Come on, Moses, keep going, keep going, keep going. And his hands were steady until the sun set and Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. That's just, that's miraculous. That is just, that's way better than Ukraine beating Russia because Ukraine was trained to fight a war. These Israelites, they had never been trained before. They didn't even have time. It was one day that, that they had to get ready for this war. So then the story goes on. Then the Lord says to Moses, write this in a book and a memorial and recite it to Joshua that I will utterly wipe out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses builds an altar 
What do you do at altars? That's where you sacrifice. You bring that sacrifice of praise. And this is what he says at the altar. I'm naming it. The Lord is my banner. Not my bunker. The Lord's my banner. And he says, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. So this is an amazing thing that's happened. But this is the summary, the takeaway that Moses gives us. The Lord is my banner. So now I want to start to unpack this, right? What does it mean when he says, the Lord is my banner? On September 13th, 1814, there was an American man that watched from the bay as British warships unleashed a barrage of shells and rockets on Fort McHenry. The attack was known as the Battle of Baltimore and consisted of 25 hours of relentless fire. And this man wrote in one of his journals, it seems as though Mother Earth had opened and was vomiting shot and shell in a sheet of fire and brimstone. He reported that he only saw red erupting in the night sky and that based on the scale of the attack and the massive amount of fire that they were taking, he was certain that Fort McHenry was going to fall. As the smoke began to fade and the night turned to dawn, Francis Scott Key looked out, and to his surprise, the American flag was still flying high over Fort McHenry, announcing what? Announcing their resilience and their victory. So you know the song, you know the story that inspired our national anthem, the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. And then it goes on in the crescendo, oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave, right? The banner, it was the flag. What was significant about the flag? It identified who controlled the fort, right? It it said, it's the Americans that are still in control of the fort. It it identified who was victorious in battle despite all the bombs bursting and the barrage for 25 hours. It declared who was victorious in battle. The banner was significant because it, it pointed to a clear and glorious future, So I don't know what your life has been like of late, right? Maybe it's been going amazing and that's wonderful. Or maybe you're fighting your struggles and you're fighting your temptations. But whatever it is that we're fighting, what's the banner that you're holding up? Who are you looking to to be your banner? Like that matters. It it matters who's our banner. I believe today is a new day. I believe that by God's grace and his mercy, there's something significant for each one of us as we understand this name, Jehovah Nisi, God is my banner, because he's the one who's won the victory. We have to declare it. We have to, we have to point to a clear and glorious future of what God has called us to, and we've got to be certain in that. So now, I want to look at four different things. When we look at God as our banner, how do we, make, how do we take it home? How do we make it real? Right? So if I declare God is my banner, what am I doing? I'm declaring his purpose stands firm, right? So at the TD Garden, the Celtics have raised their championship banners. Anybody been down to TD and seen all the banners up there? There's Bruins banners. There's other banners. I'm just, that was the picture I got was the Celtics. So I'm not trying to be partial to any one of our Boston teams here. Um, So they raised the championship banners. That's not just to honor the teams that have played, right? That's to inspire the current team to say, hey, guys, this is the goal. Like, we're not just here to have fun. We're not just here to to play. We're here to win. Like, this is what we want. We want to raise the banner. It's to talk about this is what we're going for. And it's not an accident that day that Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up the hill. 
right? They weren't just visible to the Israelites. Where they were standing, even the Amalekites could see him too. Both armies could look over and see what Moses was doing. And what was he doing? He was praying. He was praising God probably as well. But as long as he was praying and praising, they were winning, right? And what is God telling us about that? That his purpose stands firm, but we have to come as people of prayer, right? And, and sometimes we pray and then we stop praying. You know, Moses, his hands got tired, didn't they? Right? Don't stop praying. Keep praying, right? The 10 days of prayers, come and go to some of these 10 days of prayer. Come here on Friday night. Go to some of the others. Prayer is so important. It was, it was the difference between life and death that day. It was the difference between losing and winning the battle was, was the prayer of Moses and, and what was happening. And there's times that all of us are going to face an enemy. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You're going to face an enemy. I, I got my enemies, you got yours. Some of them you face, some of them you're still yet to face. The question is, what do you do when you feel outmanned, outgunned, right? Do you run for the bunker or do you lift up the banner and say, this is the name of Jesus. I serve the name of Jesus. I serve my master and every knee and every tongue is going to confess who he is. Because it's in those moments we're reminded that we know God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Right? So when we raise the banner, we're raising and we're stating and declaring his purpose is what stands firm, that God is on our side. That's number one. Number two, when we say God is our banner, we're saying that he's with us in every trial. Right? God is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Right? What was the difference with Moses raising his hands was they were winning. When he put his hands down, they started to, to, to lose. But if his hands were raised, they, they were winning. That's such what a powerful weapon prayer and praise are, right? I, I want us to take away how powerful that is. And if, if you read the Shiloh News on Friday, I shared a story of how my father passed away suddenly. Anybody read the Shiloh News on, from Friday? If you haven't read it or if you don't get it, you can subscribe on our website, but go back and read that if, if you wouldn't mind. I just shared a story very quickly of, of how my father died suddenly. I was 17 years old and it was a shock to me. And you know what? It led me down a path of asking God why kind of natural to ask why like a healthy 53 year old is jogging at lunchtime and he falls over a heart attack and can't even make it to the hospital across the street from where he works before he's pronounced dead like god why i don't understand like there's times that we ask god why we feel abandoned are we abandoned no god god's word doesn't say we're abandoned but we feel that way don't we and you know i spent a couple of days in that why and, and I think asking why is a healthy question to ask until the why starts to take you away from God. Then it's not so healthy to ask anymore. And maybe you got to start changing up the question. God, do I trust you? God, I do, do I believe in you? Even though, even when things aren't going well, am I still going to call you my Lord and my Savior? Is it just when things are going well and you're answering my prayers, then you're my God? So, you know, I, I, I dealt with these whys. And I started to find something from Isaiah 55 that, that God says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. They're higher. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your, your thoughts. But here's what's going to happen. My word, see, I, I sent my word and it's not going to return unto me void. Now, I don't know how long that 
that travel is going to take for the word to come back to God. But he said, just as rain comes down from heaven and waters the earth and then the plants grow up again, right? His word is going to come and it's going to come full circle and you can believe it and, and he's going to come and fulfill it in our lives, right? So I, I mentioned the issues that I face, right? Lately, I've been going through a tough week. I'll be quite honest with you. And this is what's got me through. I found this song from Chris Tomlin called Holy Forever. And I've just started like, sometimes when you don't have the words to pray, then just give God praise, right? Because you're still lifting your hands before him. And I'm saying, God, you're holy forever, right? And, and I need you in my life and I just need to praise you with who I am. But as I start to declare, God, you're my banner. I know that he's with me. He was with me then. He's with me now. He's with you then. He's with you now. doesn't matter what you're going through. God is there for you because that's what happens when we say that God is our banner. So what I see in this passage is I don't see any indication that Moses or Joshua said, why me, God? God, why are you bringing the Amalekites now? They, they never asked why. They just trusted in God, right? So there, there's something about whys can be healthy, but there's also a time that, okay, leave your whys and start to just put your trust in God. Like that's an okay place to be, to say, God, I, I may not understand, but Lord, I trust you. So number three, as we declare God's our banner, we're declaring his provision is gonna sustain us, right? So how do I know that God's gonna provide for all of my needs? It may not be because of what I'm walking through. It may not be because I can look back and see it, although I can. But I believe that God's going to provide all of my needs because of what his word says. Right? Philippians 4.19 says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, sometimes the battle feels intense, doesn't it? Sometimes we don't even know what we need. We just know that we feel desperate. So in these moments, Jehovah Nisi, he's our banner, but Jehovah Nisi comes with another aspect of who he is. He comes with Jehovah Jireh, which means our provider, right? So, so what happened when Moses went up on the hill? He had two other people with him. God provided for Aaron and her to also be there, and they were instrumental in what was going to happen that day. Right? Did Moses invite them? Did they just decide to follow them? It's not really, follow him? It's not really clear, but they were there with him, and that was God's provision right for that time. Why? Because Moses' arms were getting tired. He's like, God, I, I want to pray, but I'm getting weary in the fight. And he, God provided. He, he gave him an Aaron. He gave him an her. But you know what? They were holding his arms up. They were raising his arms up. They weren't just holding his hands singing kumbaya. They were saying, Moses, keep praying. You can do it, Moses. They're encouraging him. Don't stop, Moses. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You know, sometimes I think we want someone else to hold our hand instead of hold our arm up. But we need people. I'm all about like weeping with those who weep and mourning with those who mourn. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm saying when someone's going through a battle, they need the word of the Lord. They need someone to hold their arm up and to raise them. And I think God is asking us, hey, who do you have in your life? Do you get any arm raisers in your life? Have you opened yourself up to say, hey, I need, I need the word of God right now? Or do you just have people that will come and hold your hand? What are we to others? Are we holding hands or are we holding arms and raising arms? You know, as, as I was going through a tough time this week, I shared a little bit with Ed in an email. 
And Ed calls me back and doesn't say, oh, Greg, I'm so sorry. He could have. He wouldn't have been wrong, but this is what he says. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Like, Greg, you get up, you stand up, you keep going. And that's what we need. That's what we need. We need people to do that in our lives. So thank you for doing that, Ed. You were an arm raiser. You didn't know it, but you fit right into the message. Number four. When we say God is my banner, we say he alone has won the victory, all right? So that is what's so cool is that God has already won it. Did you know that he's sitting in heaven and he's got his feet on a footstool, which is called the earth, right? God has already, he's finished the work. It's not, it's not that he's going to do anything more. He doesn't have to fight another fight or wage another war. He's already finished it on the cross and now he's resting, right? So I love when we talk about the Sabbath that all right, God worked six days and then he rested on the seventh. Did you ever think of this? What happened on day eight? God didn't go back to work on day eight, right? He kept resting. And Hebrews, Hebrews tells us that God has provided a Sabbath rest for all of us to rest in. That it's not like, okay, yes, we, we go back to work on Monday. I'm not saying that you, you can take Sunday and just rest all week long. But God doesn't want you to go to work and be all harried. He's provided rest for us. He's won the victory at the cross. We can enter into that. So this is what it says in Matthew 24. And Jesus is speaking to to his disciples. He's speaking about the end times. And if I back it up to verse 9, he's telling his disciples, look, there's going to be a day where you're going to be arrested. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you're my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And then he goes on to say what you see on the screen. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Right? And, and there's something about, okay, what would have happened at Fort McHenry if they're like, oh, man, we just got to take the flag down. We just got to give up. They're like, no, we're not giving up. We're going to keep the flag up. Like, keep looking to the Lord. What would have happened if Moses had said, my hands are just too tired? Like, they would have lost. But he's like, he had an Aaron and a hurt with him. God has won the victory, but, but God is telling us, look, there's gonna need, you're going to need to have some endurance in the fight. You know, and some of us, I think, as Christians, we're like, well, God, why is this happening in my life? Hey, truth is he told you it wasn't going to be easy. He told you that some of you might die. He told you that people were not going to say nice things about you. That's okay when that happens, if it happens for the Lord, right? Not, not saying you do something dumb and someone says something about it. Well, you deserved it, right? <laughs> that's, that's cause and effect. But but there's times some, when, when we're taking ground in God that the enemy is going to come after us. And it is going to get dark. And the love of some will grow cold. Actually, not some. The love of many will grow cold. But what about you and I? Like, I want to be one that endures. I want you to be one that endures. There's times when I need you to build my faith up and say, Greg, we're holding your arms up. And there's times you need me to come back and say, guys, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep believing. I know you've said those prayers, and I know you don't see an answer, but God is still on the move. He's still working. And this is a Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. This like, I know God can deliver me from this fire, but even if he doesn't, guess what? I'm going to still hold that banner up. I'm still going to be praising his name. I'm still going to be declaring who he is. 
So we started off with the story of Fort McHenry and the Francis Scott, what Francis Scott Key observed. Declaring God is our banner, it's a rallying point in the middle of a war. Right? Declaring God is our banner, it's significant because we're identifying who's in charge. We're recognizing who has won the victory. We're declaring that God has a clear and glorious future for all of us. So now I want to make it real. Do you ever hear about the power in the prayer of agreement? Right? So what we see in God's word, what Jesus tells his disciples, is that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Right? So I want to ask you this morning, what would it look like if even in a, in a small group environment, you could be vulnerable and transparent and say, guys, this is what I'm facing. Would you pray with me? Would you hold my hands up? What would it look like if someone shared that and others came, not in condemnation, but said, hey, let me tell you what the word of God says. Let me speak an encouraging word today. Let me not just hold your hand, but let me raise your arm and say, you can do it. You can stay in the fight. We're going to persevere. We're not leaving you. We're going to stand there with you. So I've asked a number of people today if they would be a prayer team for me because I believe that there's some of you today, you're facing an enemy and you need others to pray the prayer of agreement with you, right? There, there is a power. Like you pray by yourself, I pray by myself, that's all well and good. But Jesus is telling us there's a power that comes when two of you come together and pray because if you ask my father for something, he's, he's not going to say, oh, sorry, too busy, come back tomorrow. He's going to hear you. He's going to answer your prayer. So would you stand with me as we close in prayer this morning? If you're here and, and you're like, you know what, Greg, that's me. I know God. I, I know I need to pray with someone about what I'm going through. I'm going to ask you just to come and line up here. We're going to close in prayer as soon as you get up here. But, but come now. If you've, got, if you've got something you want to pray and agree with someone, I'm going to have the prayer team come right behind you. But if you have a prayer request on your heart, something you're facing, Please come right now and and stand along here. All right, come on. Take a step of faith. It's okay. We're all family here. Yep, thank you for coming. Anyone else? You want to get in on this prayer. The prayer of agreement has power. Please come, stand here. We're, We're going to wait for you for just a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Anyone else? All right, prayer team, if you would also come and just get behind these. We're going to pray with each one of you today about what, whatever you're going through. And Lord, I, I thank you for Jehovah Nisi, God. I thank you that he is our banner today. Lord, I, I pray for each one of these. Lord, I can't pray the power of agreement because I don't know what they're praying about. But Lord, as the power, as, as the prayer of agreement goes forth today, Father, I stand on your word that if two of us agree here on earth concerning anything that we ask for, it will be done for us by you in heaven, Lord. That's what your word says, so that's what we're standing on. And and God, I pray for for each one here today, God, that we would know you as as our banner. God, we would know your victory. We would know your provision. We'd know that you stand with us, Lord, and we can pray and we can praise and face anything, Lord, because you're with us and your strength is there for us. So, Lord, we don't battle alone, Father. The the victory is yours because you're the one that, that fights the battle for us. So, God, today we surrender to you, Lord. We say sorry for trying to fight it on our, in our own strength. Lord Jesus, would you come? Would you fight these things? Would you answer these prayers? We trust you and we praise you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here. If you want to go to Growth Track, we're going to start in about 15 minutes downstairs. Have a great Sunday.
Yes. I had something happen to me on Friday night.